0: Hey and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. So I want to share a little bit about um about my story, and then it it leads into what we're going to share today, is that um, probably about eight years ago, we were working with a long-term pastor. We were worship leaders at a church, and um, I enjoyed doing that. That's what I like doing. But I started, I feel like God started dealing with us about pastoring. And you have to understand, being a preacher's kid, I didn't want to pastor. That's just, I didn't mind being on a pastoral staff, but it's very different you know, serving as a pastor. And so we started praying about that and talking about it. And um, the pastor we worked with, his wife had had cancer, it was in remission, but the cancer came back. And so we felt like, I even told Shannon, I said, I think we need to stay and work with this pastor through this situation. Because we'd already worked with him about five years at that point. But a year and a half later, he retires, another pastor comes. And we felt like, well, we need to work through this transition to help the church out. So we stayed three more years. And then, um, you know, we interviewed at some churches. We prayed about different things. And nothing worked out. I used to be a college professor. I started sending off, you know, I thought maybe God wants us to teach again. That's why the door hasn't opened. So I sent off all these resumes to all these schools. And I I feel like I'm a good fit with my background and my education. But none of those doors open up. We end up going to the church we've worked at um, the last three years, and it's a great church, wonderful people, we get there in November, we move there and COVID happens. And so everything we expected to happen at that church, it just, it went a little different direction. And they're great people, but you know, all along we felt like God had been dealing with our hearts. And so um, I got contacted about, I'm um, a friend of mine that's from South Haven. He, he told me the transition happening there, so I reached out to Pastor Travis, and um, next thing you know, we're talking about things and you know, he welcomed us into the family and all of you have been so gracious to us, but, but what happens is, I'm going to show you today in the word of God how sometimes, now God doesn't always work the exact same way, but sometimes God gives you a dream or an idea or a vision of something he wants you to do, but then immediately it seems like life starts happening, you know, either um, something happens with your family or you face difficulties, or it seems like every door is closed. But here's the thing, God is faithful to his word. And if God says it, it's gonna happen. You can guarantee on that, you can take it to the bank. First Corinthians nine says this, God will do this, for he is faithful to do what he says. Are you thankful for that? God is faithful to do what he says. Hebrews ten twenty three. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. We serve a faithful God. If God says it, it will happen. But here's the thing. Life and even the enemy of our souls, he's gonna come against us and try to distract us. He's gonna try to get us off the right path. But no matter even what Satan does, he cannot keep God's will from happening. You know, God is way up here. Satan is not even the size. You know, he's way down there. It's not even close to his power. But John 16, says, in this world, you will have trouble. Can you say amen? Jesus said that. In this world, you're going to have some trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. Amen. Isn't that great? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And so when God starts planning something in your heart, if it's God, it's going to happen. You can count on that. Now, what we're going to look at today, though, is that God can give a dream, and then sometimes it seems like we start facing delays, or we face a detour, or we face distractions, But in God's providence and faithfulness, you will reach your destiny. But it's in God's time, it's in God's way. Um, We're gonna look at a story of a guy named Joseph. And like I said first, I had this, I saw a coat at a store, I wanted to go back and buy it, but it wasn't still there. But it was this coat that was like electric blue, but on the inside had all these colors. I thought it'd be kind of fun to show you my Joseph coat today. But, um, so this is toned down from that. But what happens in Genesis chapter 37, we're introduced to this guy named Joseph. Now, he's got a really interesting family. He's the great-grandson of Abraham, but his dad's name is Jacob, who he eventually was called Israel. Here's the thing about his family. There's 12 brothers, one sister, and there's four moms and one dad. Sounds like a reality TV show, doesn't it? All these dynamics, you can imagine the the struggles they have because Joseph has one full brother and then he has 10 half-brothers. And then he has a sister. And so it's it's crazy dynamics, but we are introduced to Joseph, Joseph in Genesis 37. Verse two says this, Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, Now, this was not Joseph's mom. That was two of the other wives of his father. And he brought their father a bad report about them. Now, Israel, that's Jacob, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made an ornate robe for him. This is the coat of many colors. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. So here we have Joseph, he, he seems like a good guy, but his brothers hate him. You know, number one, he brings a bad report about them, but he's his dad's favorite. And Jacob doesn't try to hide it. You know, we usually try to hide it. Well, you have a favorite kid? Well, don't ask me that. Of course I don't have a favorite child. I love them all the same. But, but Jacob's not playing that game. He, he goes out of his way and he buys this really nice, nice coat or gets it made for Joseph. And he's like, you're my favorite. So all of the brothers hate him for that. Um, number one, they have different moms But besides um, Benjamin. But here's what happens. Um, he's a privileged son of promise. He's part of the lineage of Abraham. God had promised Abraham to bless them, to make, if you go to the beach out here at Orange Beach, if you tried to count the specks of sand, God says, I'm going to give you more descendants than the specks of sand God was going to bless this family so Joseph is part of that heritage but he's also a privileged son because his dad makes him the favorite but God steps in the picture and he gives Joseph a dream and it's symbolic but basically the dream is all of his brothers were going to bow down to him so guess what Joseph does what do you think he should do with that dream should he keep it or should he share it so verse 37 or chapter 37 verse 5 Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more I mean already your brothers hate you then you say hey man I got this dream last night you know God told me that you're going to bow down to me one day I'm going to be over all you guys now they, they hated him for that but then God gives him a second dream and it's very similar to the first his brothers would bow down to him but also his father and his mother would bow down to him when he shared that dream, even his father rebuked him. You know, he's the favorite child. He, he's the, almost the baby of the family. And when he shares the dream, his brothers hate him and his dad rebukes him. So a little aside is when God gives you a dream, be careful who you share that with. And I, I'm just saying from, from the scripture, when you read that, God may put something in your heart and you don't need to go blurting it out to everybody all at once. God will show you and reveal to you when and who you should share that dream with because people aren't gonna understand your dream always. Some people are gonna discourage you. Some people will come out and just oppose your dream. And so when God gives you something, do like Mary, ponder it in your heart. You know, allow God to, to let that seed start growing and at the right time, he'll give you opportunities to share that dream. So we have Joseph, this dreamer, who is this privileged son. His brothers hate him. And this is how they hate him so much. Um, Joseph's father sends him to go visit his brothers. Now the first time he went, you remember it talks about he had a bad report. So he's going to see his brothers again. And you can see what they're expecting. Um, Verse 18 says this. When they saw him afar off, that means the brothers saw Joseph. Even before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. I mean, these brothers really hate him. They're like, we're going to kill our brother. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. And we shall see some wild beast has devoured him. Or we'll say, a wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. So his brothers are like, we're going to teach him a lesson. And they're not just going to beat him up, they're going to kill him. I mean, this is pretty severe. That's how much they hate their brother. The oldest brother, Reuben, steps in and says, Hey, let's don't kill our brother, but let's just do something else with him. They throw him in a pit, and then they sell him as a slave. It just so happened a group was coming by. I think they were Midianites. They were going to Egypt. So we sang about that a few minutes ago. That's how Israel and the family got to Egypt. So Joseph goes down to Egypt as a slave, and he goes into the house of a guy named Potiphar. He buys him as a slave. So we have this dreamer. God gives the dream. But the very next thing, you see this delay. You see this detour. And Joseph's got to be thinking, what's going on? You know, what's happening in my life? But look at what happens in chapter 39, verse 2. This is while he was working in Potiphar's house. It says, the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a successful man. And he was in the house of the master, the Egyptian. His master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptians' house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was in all that he had in the house and in the field. Everything that Potiphar touched was, was being blessed. So here's what happens. God doesn't leave us or forsake us. You know, Joseph is still a slave, but yet God starts blessing him in the midst of that slavery. You know, we get in a situation and we God to take us out immediately, but sometimes God's working behind the scenes. We don't understand what he's doing. But in the midst of the slavery, God starts blessing Joseph. And also also Potiphar took notice and Joseph started finding favor in his eyes. God can put you in a situation, maybe it's a job that you don't like, you don't like your boss, you don't like what the company's doing, whatever's going on, but yet if you're faithful to God, what happens is God can start blessing you in the midst of that situation. God can help you to find favor among people who don't even love God or know God. Potiphar was an ungodly man and yet, he, Joseph found favor in his sight because of God. And also, the thing is that Joseph was faithful in his service. It didn't matter the circumstance. He was still faithful. Colossians three twenty three says this, Whatever you do, do your work heartily, as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. You see, he's our Jehovah-Jireh, our provider. It's not your boss that gives you the paycheck. It's really ultimately God who is providing for you. So we're to be faithful in wherever God places us. And here's the beautiful thing, is that God blessed Potiphar and everything that he had because Joseph was there. You know, God may be blessing your neighborhood because you live there. God may be blessing your workplace because you work there. Because when God blesses the workplace, it blesses you. You know, if the company is blessed, God can bless you. And so I want you to understand that our goal is to be faithful to the Lord wherever he places us. And what happens with Joseph, it seems like he's doing well. You know, he's sold as a slave, but all of a sudden he's leading all these things in Potiphar's house. God's blessing him. But then here comes the distraction. The Bible says that Joseph was a well-built young man. He was nice looking. He was intelligent. He was successful. And so Potiphar's wife starts taking notice of him. And if you remember, she starts making advances to him. But here's what Joseph says. He says no. And he says, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? In the midst of the situation, I mean, none of his family knew what was going on. But yet he still said, I'm going to be faithful to God. And you remember one day, what does Potiphar's wife do? They don't, the Bible doesn't give her a name, as far as I know, but she grabs his coat. And so Joseph, you know, my dad used to say it like this, Joseph could have just stood there and said, God, you know I tried. I've been running away from this woman for weeks, but she's got me. You know, what am I supposed to do? But what he did is he left the coat there and he fled, just the way we're supposed to do in face of temptation. The best thing you can do is run as fast as you can the other way, just like Forrest Gump. You know, just start running and never stop running away from that temptation. But what happens is he faces this distraction, and so he has been faithful to God. He's worked hard. God has blessed him. He's saying no to temptation like he should. And what happens as a result? He gets thrown in prison because he's falsely accused. And so sometimes you'll do the right thing You know, maybe it's at work. You do the right thing. You're supposed to report something that happens and you do the right thing, but you're the one that gets in trouble. You're the one who gets punished. You're the one who gets thrown in jail, so to speak. But look what happens. Even though Joseph was thrown in prison, verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph and he showed him mercy and he gave him favor. There's that blessing and that favor again in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Verse 23, whatever he did, that's Joseph, the Lord made it prosper. So even in the jail, God is still blessing Joseph. They have to understand he's still been a slave. He's still in prison. But yet God is blessing him in the midst of that circumstance. Sometimes God will deliver you immediately. But sometimes God chooses to walk with you through the fire. You know, God is going to bless you in a situation where you never thought you could understand. One of the prophets was talking to Israel when they went to the Babylonian captivity. He's like, get married, build houses, pray for blessing, even though you're a captive, because when God blesses them, it's going to bless you. So no matter where you're at, God can still bless you. God has not forgotten you. Um... And so what happens while he's in the prison, if you remember, there's a cupbearer and there is a baker who get thrown into prison. God gives each one of them a dream. And again, Joseph the dreamer, he interprets those dreams with God's help. And the dreams come true. Um, The baker was executed. The cupbearer went back to serve Pharaoh. And so what happens is Joseph thinks, man, I'm finally gonna get out of prison because the cupbearer is gonna remember me. But the cupbearer forgets about him. It's two or three years Joseph stays in the prison. And, and sometimes I just want to encourage you. You may be in a situation where you finally see the way out. You think, man, this is my opportunity to get out of this. And yet the door closes. And you wonder, God, where are you? I thought this was it. I've been faithful. I've been serving you. And yet it seems like that that, that door closes. That's what happened to Joseph. But yet he was still faithful to God. And here's what happens. Um, A dream comes again. Pharaoh gets a dream. And it's about an event that's going to happen in the future. And so the cupbearer remembers nobody else can interpret the dream. But he says, I know a guy in prison. I forgot all about him. It was my fault. But he can interpret your dream. So he comes before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh says, I hear you can interpret dreams. But look what Joseph said in Genesis 41. It is not in me. Basically, I can't do it. But God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. That means that he's giving glory and honor to God because he's saying, you know, I've been in prison and that'd be a nice time to say, yeah, I can do whatever you want me to do. But he's saying, God is the one who's going to give you an answer. And so he interprets the dream about a, a famine that's gonna take place. He gives Pharaoh a good idea. He has a plan. This is what you should do to... To, to face the famine, verse thirty-eight. Pharaoh says to his servants, "Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the spirit of God?" Here's a guy who just stepped out of prison, and all of a sudden, Pharaoh—he's finding favor in the sight of Pharaoh. Pharaoh even recognizes that God is in him. Pharaoh says to Joseph, "Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you." you shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over the land of Egypt. This is incredible. After 13 years, God gives him a dream and then for 13 years, he's delayed. He's sold as a slave. He's gone to prison. He's falsely accused. And and he's not doing anything wrong. He's serving God. He's actually in the will of God, even though he's a a slave and he's a prisoner. He hasn't gotten out of God's will. But what happens when God's timing comes through, he reaches his destiny. And and here's one thing that I think um, that God has done during this time. Number one is that God is building trust. During this 13 years of this delay, God is teaching Joseph that he can trust God. If if he honors God, if he works hard, if he does what's right, then God is gonna bless him. God's hand is gonna be upon him. But also Joseph is learning, or God's learning that he can trust in Joseph. And this past week in a Bible study in South Haven, a a guy said this. He said, trust is character over time. I think that's really cool. When you trust somebody, it's because you've seen their character over time. It's hard to trust somebody that you met five minutes ago. I mean, most of you don't know me. You know, you wouldn't necessarily trust me with your life probably because you don't know me. But I hope my wife would. I mean, she's known me for quite a long time. And and the thing is, there's a thing about character over time. So that's what God was doing in Joseph's life. A second thing is he was bringing glory to his name. When Joseph finally came before Pharaoh, he honored God and said, it's God that's gonna interpret this dream. All along the way, in spite of his circumstances, God was blessing him and other people noticed. But here's one thing I believe through this story is that if you can worship God in prison, then you'll worship God in the palace. You know, so too often we wanna start at the palace and say, God, I'll honor you. But God wants to see, are you gonna worship me here first before I open up the door to go there? You know, what did Joseph say? amen, amen. You know, if you remember the life of Joseph, or Job, all the tragedy he faced, he said, even though God slay me, I'm still going to serve God. So be encouraged today that God may just be testing you to see if you're going to be faithful to him, if you're going to honor God, if you're going to work hard, if you're going to worship God, and at his right time, he has a way of opening doors immediately. I mean, all it takes is one phone call. You know, all it takes is one situation. The third thing though is God was preparing Joseph. You see, Joseph did not know the language of Egypt. He did not know the culture. He he hadn't really developed leadership skills. God was doing all this preparation in Joseph's life even though he was a slave and he was a prisoner. Even when I don't see it, you're working, right? And here's the third fourth thing that happens is God was also fulfilling his promise to Abraham. You see, our dream is not always just about us. God had promised to bless Abraham and he knew that there was going to be a famine that would kill off his family. So what God did, God could have done a miracle and he says, I'm going to stop this famine from happening. I'm gonna stop this hurricane. I'm gonna stop this tornado, you know, whatever it is. But God decided not to do that. Oftentimes, God allows natural things to happen. I don't know why. But what he did is almost 20 years in advance, he prepared Joseph that when Joseph's dream was gonna be fulfilled, in turn, it was gonna bless his family and save his family. You see, again, the dream is not just about you. God has a way of using the dream he gives me to to bless your dream, to bless Pastor Travis's dream, to fulfill Kyle's dream. You see, it's almost like you've heard those illustrations of a tapestry. We see the side with all the gnarly threads and the other side is this beautiful picture. And yet it's not just your picture. Your tapestry is part of this bigger tapestry. God puts them all together in ways that we can't even imagine. But be encouraged that God is always working. God sees, God knows, and God understands. And here, here's a beautiful thing. At the end of the story in Genesis chapter 50, um, Jacob actually passes away, and Joseph is left with his 11 brothers. And his brothers are nervous. They're like, you know, we were okay when dad was here, but now Joseph is going to get revenge. You see, he's second in command in Egypt. He can do whatever he wants to, to his brothers. And they come to him and have you ever said, you know, try to talk for your parents? Mom said you should do this. Or dad said you should do this. And he says, our dad told us you should forgive us. You know, you should go easy on us. And look what Joseph says in verse 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You see, Joseph came to that place where he realized, it's not just about me. You actually meant to harm me. There are going to be times in your life that people just, they're out to get you. They want to harm you. I don't know any reason why, but there's evil in this world. And people will do things deliberately to try to harm you. But here's what God can do. Nothing is bigger than God. God can take that. Turn that around to be exactly what he wants it to be in your life. You see, God had to get Joseph to Egypt. He could have got him a lot of different ways, but he chose to use an evil act of his brothers to get him down to Egypt. And so know that God is working in your life. Um, God has a way of turning things around. When God says, you know, he is working all things, not just some things, he's working all things together for our good. Um, 1 Peter chapter 4 says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. He's saying, guys, don't be surprised. Stuff is happening in your life. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. And the message translation says, Friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the inclusion that God isn't on the job. I like that. Instead, be glad that you're in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process. God is refining you like gold or silver with glory just around the corner. You never know. You might be about to turn that corner of glory. Glory. That'd be a sermon right there, wouldn't it? But, but I wanna encourage you that God is working in your life. God, when he gives you a dream, he has a way of fulfilling that. I want you to stand with us this morning. And I wanna close with, with, with this thought um, to give you a picture illustration and maybe help you understand a little bit better. It's almost like God has given you a vision or a dream of a mountaintop. He helps you see this mountaintop in the, in the distance. It's not real clear always. Um, but what happens is you don't necessarily know how to get there, but you start on that journey. And you have to go through a valley. Now this valley is filled with all kinds of dangers. There's scorpions, there's snakes, there's quicksand. You know, it's a valley of despair and distraction and difficulties and delays. And you wonder if you're ever gonna make it through. But then you make it finally to that mountain and you still have to make that, get that second wind to make it up to the top of the mountain. But then you get there, and let me tell you, the view is breathtaking. Breathtaking. If you've ever been I remember going skiing once in Colorado, I'm at the top of this 12,000 foot peak and all you see all around you is just beautiful mountains and snow and it's like the journey's worth it. And, and here's the thing in our lives, you may get to stay on that mountaintop for a long time. God may put you there and all of a sudden you just enjoy his blessings like you never have before. But there's also times in our lives, God will let us enjoy that for a while and then all of a sudden he gives us a dream of the next mountain. And maybe there's another mountain after that. And God keeps on refining that process in our lives. And He's using us to fulfill the dreams in our life, but also to fill the dreams in other people's lives. God is working in all of this in ways we can't comprehend and understand. So I want us to pray. And, and for a specific altar call, here's what I'm asking. If if you are on that mountaintop, you feel like God's led you somewhere and you're just, you're just enjoying that mountaintop experience, rejoice, you know? Share the love with the rest of us that are not quite there yet. You know, testify of the goodness of God. Be refreshed by what God has done in your life. But there's others of you who God maybe has given a dream and you don't know how you're gonna get there. It, it's kind of fuzzy You're not sure how to start. You don't know if you can do it. We wanna pray with you this morning. Or the second thing, maybe God's given you a direction and you're going down the right path, but you're facing life. It's hitting you hard. You know, you're going through that valley of despair. As David said, the valley of the shadow of death. But he says, I will fear no evil for God is with me. We wanna encourage you today that God is with you and we're with you as you go through that. And maybe the third thing is you may be here today and you feel like you're almost there. God has been birthing something in you and you're almost to climb that mountain. You just need your second wind. You need Isaiah 40 that says, when you wait on the Lord, he's gonna renew your strength. And we're here to to pray for you and encourage you. So right before you pray, I just wanna release the, the South Haven campus. Philip, start ministering to the people there. And um, I wanna pray with you, and they're gonna start singing. And if you want prayer, come down to the front. We believe God wants to encourage you. God wants to give you strength. God wants to give you joy in the midst of whatever you're going through. You could be like James, he said, count it all joy when you face all these trials. And Father, we come before you this morning, God, with open hearts and lives. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you that you never leave us, you never forsake us. God, as they're gonna sing that we understand that even when we don't see it, you are working. And Father, I pray that you encourage us as we pray and seek your face today, Lord. Give us strength. Give us direction, God. Renew our vision of what you wanna do in our hearts and lives. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us give. We'll see you next week.